Hey, uh, Miles. Hey, Miles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, where am I? I? Uh, d- does not matter, man. You just, you just. Shh. Everything will be okay. fine. Everything will be fine. Um, <laughs> did, I, did I ever tell you? Uh, maybe you already know this, but one of, one of the cats out there, who I will not name by name unless he chooses to make himself known, uh, did one of the most amazing things ever recently. I'm pretty sure he was high. Uh, and ordered an ice cream cake just because he had the munchies, an ice cream cake. Um, and here it is. I'm thinking that this is something you can only have on birthdays or special occasions. I was like, oh, man, I've just never thought of ordering an ice cream cake for myself because i've got the munchies <laughs> like that's brilliant man is it just me like that's i think dedication. that's i think that's brilliant it's the ultimate munchie food and you only have it on somebody's birthday usually i would say how dare he <sighs> all right guys i hope you have a great uh weekend <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in uh all the people who didn't say a goddamn word we love you just as much <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. I, I I don't know what to do with you. So because because I don't know what to do with you, I'm starting the show. This is PSVR Gamescast Live, where we film live every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right here live on YouTube at 6 p.m. Eastern, with some notable exceptions this week. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, PSVR Without Pearl, and to my right, the lovely, the lovely, and the lovely Miles Dyer from Miles Dyer Official. Thank you, Brian. How are we doing, Game Cats? Hope you all had a wonderful week. And despite common assumptions, no, I'm not drunk. I am just incredibly tired, but ready to go, because the energy is always good here. We're going to be dealing with lots of questions that you've been sending in. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to going through all that. Is somebody accusing you of being drunk? Yeah. I, I, again as well. Good Just job. not drunk. Drunk Good. again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the jokes. It's the terrible jokes. That's that's the, uh, yeah, that's the clue. Oh, man. Hey, guys, uh, listen, if you, if you haven't already uh, joined our Discord server make sure you click the link in the description below uh it is uh, a place where we all hang out 24 7 usually hanging out in voice chat uh if it's been a while since you've been on our discord we do have a, a public voice chat now um you know a good place to if you just need to hang out or if you just need uh to be heard it's a good place to be um also make sure you subscribe to miles channel over at the best url on the face of the planet youtube.com slash miles <laughs> Fucking so lie, original. Man. I love so it. So original. And it'd be, it'd be amazing if it was actually not my name. It was all one big lie. That would, No, it's my name. It's my name. Yeah. Miles, yeah. it's been a little while since I checked in with you. Uh, what have you been up to? Been doing anything fun? Been doing anything good on your channel? Been playing any great games, perhaps? I actually set up my PS5 at my desk uh, and live streamed um, The Last of Us Part 1 uh, for my show on Wednesday. Um, so it was actually a really cool experience. Like, I've just never live streamed gaming like through my actual computer through my show setup um learn straight away okay that's got uh needs the interlacing oh now it needs to be 60 frames per second and all this sort of stuff but when i got it working it was really great and and especially for wednesday um the conversation i'd done on my instagram during the day was asking people who here has you know experienced the last of us and not just like have you played the game maybe you've watched people play it maybe you've never heard of it 
um, or maybe it's just not your thing. And about half the people that tuned in weren't gamers, had never heard of it before. And so to play the the remake for the first time, I'd not played it um, before the, the live show, and to play the opening of the game, without spoiling it for anyone who still hasn't played it, but, you know, the opening chapters, to see the response in the chat of people who were firstly blown away at how good games look these days, but also, like, this is like a movie, you know? And the I think as common gamers, we often... Um, kind of become accustomed to you know what the, the 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 platforms can achieve but for people that aren't gamers and probably do remember it in the days of super mario or sonic the hedgehog or simple platformers to actually realize the depth with storytelling in that um yeah it was it was really cool to see and i had a good time with it and uh i probably will do some more streaming but as for vr streaming i'm just waiting for psvr2 i can't wait to try out all those broadcast features and um especially with the whole cutting yourself out and with, with the camera and stuff. Um, we talk about it again and again, the frustrations that come with, you know, trying to broadcast on PSVR. Um, it's not really selling the experience that we're having there in the headset, is it? Yeah, I mean, and that goes uh, pretty much every every single way that I've seen VR promoted, uh, whether it just be you're seeing the social screen or whether it be, uh, you know, you're actually seeing a person in front of a green screen on there, like, you know, so they, you can see what they're doing while they're playing. Uh, and of course, then there's mixed reality where, where you see the person inside the game in the trailer. I, th- I don't think any of it's been really successful at, at kind of conveying what it feels like to be in VR. Um, so I don't, I don't. And we hope that they're really going to lean into it because, like, there's been a lot of news stories the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, for, for very important reasons, we missed last Friday's show. But, um, you know, the, 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 the two million that are going to be manufactured. And I've been seeing the conversations you've had with um, Wes and AJ about it. Um, it really does show that Sony is, you know, has ambition, you know, they are really going for it. And it just reaffirms my expectations that I think we've got some really, I, I feel like we have a system seller game title still to be announced. I think one of these massive IPs, I, I just feel that we've got one of them just around the corner. And I'm not just talking about Half-Life Alex, which we reckon is going to come across. I think there's going to be some new VR IP that is just going to blow everyone's minds. I'm willing to also say I could be totally wrong and disappointed, but I just have a sense of it. Like, to do a two million order when, what was it? It was a, a they didn't sell a million for eight months, was it? Or something like that. Or I can't remember. The, the stat was that, you know, compared to the PSVR. Oh, and right. The, the, and, of, of course, we're in a completely different era now where VR has become closer to mainstream, I'd say. It's still not mainstream, but, you know, when PSVR came out, it was still untested. And you could argue it's still untested now, but there's a, there's a much bigger pool of people that are going to be willing to jump in straight away. But I find that exciting. You know, um, you can look at the rhetoric of, companies all all you want when it comes to marketing and like you know we believe in the platforms but when you actually look at what they're putting money behind like what they're actually manufacturing that's something tangible that is we have calculated this and we think we can sell two million and that'd be amazing two million headsets sold at launch that's a big pool of people ready to play some hopefully good first party multiplayer vr titles from the get-go yeah, two million at launch, I think is is amazing, uh, and especially since I'm pretty confident that they're going to sell through uh, all two million 
within the first month or so. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't think it's going to be hard to get one personally, but I do think that they're going to sell them pretty quickly. Um, and so I, what I hope really for, for Sony and for, you know, for, of course, for all the, uh, all the PSVR fans out there, because of course people go, well, who cares about sales? Well, you, every, everybody should care about sales because that means that your platform is be, is successful in that developers will make games for it. Right? And that's, and that's why you should care about sales. That's the only reason to care about sales, honestly, as far as like the, the, the consumer is concerned, like, you know, we're, we don't have any kind of stake in Sony and, you know, we're not making any money off of Sony sales, but, but, but for developers to recognize being like, Oh man, this is selling as fast or faster than other VR headsets out there. And like, it's really showing that VR is taking off and now we're going to commit to being, you know, making our game, our triple a flat screen game, a hybrid game, or we're going to, you know, take this big risk and build something from the ground up for VR, uh, to kind of like experiment with this new medium. Uh, you should definitely care about that. And I think it would be awesome for Sony to be able to say, Hey man, the lifetime sales of PSVR two, uh, PSVR one were 6 million units. So like, you know, they barely cracked 6 million over the course of yeah. six years. And it would be amazing for them to be able to say, we sold that in our first year. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that comparison, uh, would be phenomenal. And I just find it really, really exciting. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get on with the other stuff is, um, and I was really jealous when you and AJ were talking about it on Monday, although it was a great discussion. It was about Star Tenders because uh, obviously you'd been playing it to review. Um, I fortunately had a, a, a copy uh, that I got to play with as well. Um, and I know you've covered a lot on Monday about your thoughts on it, but um, just to give some of mine, I absolutely had a blast with it. Um the, the the things about the fidelity and the blurriness and the uh, collision. The one thing you mentioned, which was like the top of my wish list, was when you're holding glasses in that game, you just wish it had a it clicked in um, when you were using the pumps and stuff. Because the amount of times you'd leave a drink running and you come back and it's like not even filling the glass up because it's just a bit off uh, was very very frustrating. But um, the, the the perspective of yours, I was most interested in was the fact that. I've not played many of these types of games in VR. So I enjoyed it because it was kind of a new experience for me. But for you, compared to other games of this genre, do you think it, it's one of the best? Or do you think there are other games that have done it better? I mean, that's a loaded question. I think I don't think it's I don't think it's I like what they've done. I will say that uh, I think I think what some of the messaging got lost when AJ and I talked about this because there were so many faults that kind of bummed me out. Um, but I was still having fun. Uh, I loved, you know, I, I loved using the flare and being able to pour from a distance and tossing bottles and the customers like actually reacting to it and giving me more time to make the drink and giving me bigger tips because of it. I think that a lot of that stuff is a lot of fun. Um, however, like, I don't know how this genre became a thing. Um, it's, and, and maybe it's, and maybe I can't quite grasp it because of, all of my experience bartending and all my experience with right. tables. I'm like, who would want to do this for funsies? <laughs> like, this isn't fun. Like, like bartending. Here, here's what's fun about bartending, right? Conversations. S socializing. Conversations. Learning about people. Making sure that they feel like they are being taken care of and that they're cared for, right? And, like, it, making, giving them a great experience. What what isn't a great experience in bartending is when you're fucking weeded and, uh, or, or when you're waiting tables and you're running around and, and like you're sweating and you're, you know, you know, you don't have time to do the thing that makes waiting tables and you don't have time to do the thing that makes bartending great. Right. You know, cause 
at no point in Star Tenders do I feel like I'm giving this customer the service that they deserve, right? Here's your fucking drink the way you ordered it fast, but like none of the actual good stuff about bartending. So I don't know why people enjoy these games that are just super stressful. Um, but I guess maybe if you've never bartended or maybe you've never waited tables, then you don't like that element of it isn't as pronounced when you're playing the game. That's all I can assume. As far as the other games in this genre, like Dead Hungry, I'm Hungry, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Jobs Sim to a certain degree, obviously, there's the uh, the food service level. Uh, and, uh, God, I'm trying to think of what the other ones are. There's all the Counterfight 1, 2, and 3, uh, and uh, probably VR, the Diner Duo, or the ones that come to mind immediately. Um, it's I like what it does between levels better than all those other games. Because it allows you to, you've got a mission. You're not just trying to make it as far as you can, right? You've got a mission and you are able to, uh, you're trying to escape. And so you're trying to buy these things, uh, kind of like, you know, uh, a little bit of multitasking, a little bit of money management, where you're trying to, you know, make sure that you're buying better things for your bar, but you're to imp- in order to improve your, uh, your, uh, what's what's the word I'm trying to think of here? You're, the way, so you can expedite and make drinks faster. Like so, you can uh, whatever ex- expeditious is that a word? Ex- exp- it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, but then, of course, you but it's the- building up your drinks vocabulary, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. But then, but then you've also got, uh, but then you've also got this whole other element where you're trying to escape, and you're and you're like secretly building like this escape mechanism. Um, and so I, 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 efficiency, thank you, Nick. That's the word I was looking for. This is why we keep Nick around. He's like the brain I don't have. Um, <laughs> um, and so, and so I like that stuff, but I'll tell you, man, I, it, they still didn't really succeed with it as far as I was concerned, because you had to build everything that you bought. Like you were just buying the blueprints. You weren't buying the item And building. That stuff was boring. It's like, just take the stuff from over here, put it over here and psh, weld, psh, weld, psh. Well, I'm like, this is not fun. And so for every plus, there's a minus. And uh, I'll come halfway with you on that. I, I enjoyed it for the first half of the game. And then I was like, if there was some kind of increase in difficulty, like there were other things other than just welding, then yeah. I, I, I think there's definitely a lot of elements of the game that could have been built up. Like when you go to different bars, it was like, oh, it's just cosmetic. And actually, I preferred the first bar out of all of them mm. because... I loved it that when you served the drinks, the aliens would go to their tables and they'd be drinking the drinks that you've made them. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I wrote a few things down in response to what you said. You've got me thinking about a lot. But um, you saying because you said you worked in a bar. I've never worked in a bar. The thought of it has always made me anxious because um, the idea of trying to hear people's drink orders over loud music and stuff. So a part of me is like, I'd always love to know what it's like to work in a bar. This is me doing it in a safe space. So I enjoyed it for that reason. But then I think about games like, what's the massive like pressure washer simulator yeah. that's doing the world so, by storm at the moment? Somebody was just talking yeah. about that in the chat. Um, this is the same feeling they get. So I'm assuming that's what they do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I found with this was as I was playing it, I was like, okay, this is incredibly stressful. Why would I enjoy it? And I found that as you started learning the drinks and and by the way, like the brands of the drinks and that I thought were really cool. Like I was like, yeah, this actually looks like legitimate galactic brands of beer and stuff. Um, But as you get faster and faster, I was like, you just, it, it is like a state of Zen, but Zen is normally about relaxing, but like you just get into the flow. I guess it's like Tetris when you go really, really fast, you just sort of get into the zone of it and it becomes a bit of a dance. And 
I really enjoyed it for that. Um, and I found that I only ended up playing it on hard mode because the difference, the only difference between the three difficulties was easy. You serve one person at a time, medium, you serve two people at a time and hard, you serve three. And I'm like, well, do three, not only because uh, there's a bit more of a challenge, but you get through the level quicker because no matter what level you do, you just serve 10 people, which I also thought there's a lot of mechanics they could add there. Like once you get to 10, there could be like ring the bell last orders and, there's, and then there's like a blitz and it's like, <laughs> you know, a bonus of how many you could make in that time. Yeah. I just feel like, and I know the devs say they they are looking at end game content and stuff like that. I, I just feel that it's a really good foundation and I think that there's a lot more scope for what they can do. And there was also weird stuff like, I swear the robot tells you early on that when he brings you to the shop that you can get like cosmetic gloves mm-hmm. and then you can't, there's no cosmetic gloves. Um, so I, I didn't know if that was kind of a, a, a joke. But one of my favorite features, Brian, in it is you can create your own custom drink. You can then name it. And then in the game, they actually order it. So I made this ridiculously ambitious one. And then I'd be on a really tough level and like just about to perfect it. And then they ordered the drink that I made. And I thought, I'm an idiot. It was like the toughest drink to make. Um, and I thought that was a really fun feature as well. But I would love there to be more multiplayer components. They have this thing where you do like the daily shift of the day. Um, and straight away, it made me think of Returnal, which might sound like a completely mental comparison. But Returnal has these daily missions where you do a, a mission and then you get put on a scoreboard with other people. And, and, and then every day you're encouraged to do it again and again. I would love it if a part of the end game was you were in a bar and I would see Brian at his bar, the other side of the room. And like we're now competing in real time to yeah. see who can get the best score and maybe, you know, interrupt each other's flow. Like I could throw a glass at you that hits your glass and f- screws it up and stuff like that. So, yeah, again, I think that there's a lot I love about it. I had an absolute blast of it and was the first in the world to get the platinum trophy. I just want to say. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just feel like it's a good baseline to um, add lots of extra features. Because I, I enjoy the mechanics, I enjoy the the drinks and stuff like that. But yeah. um, oh, sirens on my sorry. end. And the other thing it reminded me of again about that kind of like the multiplayer component. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted Zenith to have in terms of their cooking and that. Like, if they had it <laughs> this detailed, I think it'd be great. Like you're talking about the social element in working in a bar. Well, in Zenith they have a bar, don't they? But it's it's just a, a social space that you can't do anything. If they had that in zenith where you could run a bar wicked i'm all over that so, are so, you Brian? So, so would you now, work in so, that bar no i don't want to work i don't <laughs> want to work in a bar man for fun um <laughs> i work in a bar to make money and i work in a bar to to pay my bills I, I don't work in a bar to uh to relieve stress or to have fun or play video games um but i, I do well, I, I tip you I, some noodles i make some i make some noodles in the cooking in zenith and then give you that or maybe a sword yeah or um, no no Okay. Uh, zero desire to do any of this. Um, it is funny that you're just like, if this entire game was a very small part of a much larger game, it would be amazing. And I agree with you. It would. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would love, I would love a game like Zenith to have, you know, every time you're making, making drinks and making food, whatever, have it, have it be the depth of this game. Um, but obviously we're, we're not there yet. And that's sort of, that's sort of the, the, the issue VR has right now is that like, we're not getting those big games that have the depth of everything where we're getting a lot of smaller games that 
like you know we we always always use the swordsman comparison we always say swordsman feels like it's the foundation of a much bigger game uh and so it'll be very interesting to see what happens next gen if any if, if we can start combining some of these games together into bigger more robust experiences uh, miles the chat is uh very opinionated on all of this um so let me get through a couple tips and then read a few uh comments from the chat awesome. scott jesco psn harry fellow psvr game cap for life with the four and a half quid says let's start the tip choo choo train with vtq what horror ip do you want next in VR? Uh, well, I'll watch this in eight hours when I get back from work. Hashtag donate to Dave if you can. Yeah, don't forget about the uh, uh, Dave's funeral uh, memorial yeah. uh, GoFundMe page. Um, mm. oh, listen, let's, we're going we're gonna to tackle that question in a little bit because we got a lot of viewer takeover questions. Uh, so we're just going to kind of wrap that into the other ones. Uh, thank you, Scott. Just go fast forward to see your question later on in the show. Ryan, let's go sports team. Nope, that's not it. We're going to get to Ryan's question later. Where is <laughs> the other... I missed a tip, man. I missed a tip, and I didn't oh, copy and paste I it. Will, I will get it. One was no, about I got it. a new, I got it. Gra- grand, new grandfather. We got? Kill Artist 1, the Dreamweaver game. Cat with the $5 tip. Says, I just became a grandpa about 45 minutes ago. It's been about 15 minutes, so now it's been an hour. A little girl. Uh, is it Ellie May? Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, headed, I'd, say, I'd say Ellie May. Headed back home to kentucky congratulations kill artist that is fucking phenomenal yeah. the game Congrats. cat family just got a little bit bigger it's so true right uh i think that's all you don't, the tips. You don't sell on the store uh psvr about pro baby gear <laughs> we don't sell baby gear you're right we probably should <laughs> um although it'd probably be defective and end up getting sued or something um let's see here where Oh, here we go. Here we go. Old Darth in the chat said, personally, I think these kind of games, Star Tenders, give VR games a bad name. Do they, you think? I, I feel like I feel like there are indie games on every single platform, VR, non-VR, whatever you want. Um, and uh, and there are definitely games like this. You get overcooked and whatever uh, on all sorts of platforms. So I, I don't know if it gives it a bad name. It's just when these games are allowed to thrive, which is a good thing, uh, but without getting the additional triple a games to balance everything out i think when you look at a vr platform and you say it's all indie games it's all these small experiences uh i think that's what gives vr a bad name the the fact that we're not getting a, a good mix of single a triple a triple i as dan says uh in indie games look i'm not i'm, I'm not going to make any apologies i i enjoyed this game way more than i expected and um i actually contacted the devs afterwards with a massive list of improvements some of them were like bugs some of them were like nice to have uh and issues and then some things were some of the crazy ideas i i i mentioned earlier and they're a small team like a handful of people that have made this game and yeah um, very small from, i looked at the, the credits yeah, it's crazy small four, team. yeah 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 like i think their core team is like four people yeah um and they said that they've got a lot of updates coming so i'm like no keep supporting them so yeah look in terms of my recommendation to people i mean it's what 15 dollars on the store yep i think i mean look i think that's a bargain for what it is um but if you look at the trailer and you go this is definitely not my type of game then yeah don't get it for me i was like this could be it's kind of interesting and i know when it was first advertised i was like i don't think i'd enjoy this and um it was kind of like the 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 world building and kind of it's not just you're doing those levels as you say like the fact that the mission is to stop working at a bar, I think is awesome, and it has it has a finish. It has an ending. 
um, that you can strive for or you can stick around and do more. I definitely think that the um, sort of um, the level there needs to be more progression in terms of the game difficulty and like the number of levels. And, you know, we were saying on like level 13, is it that you then just choose where you want to, yeah. you want to they, serve. They, they stopped designing I, custom levels after 13. It's just on you to right. keep playing as much as you want. Correct. Um, so there's all those things. So I think, yeah, I think this could build and, and, and keep being great. And so like, just from a perspective of like an indie developer, I'm just like, yeah, this is a game that should definitely be supported if you think it's, the kind that you're into but i say that also knowing there's a massive psvr2 shadow above our head like the the next generation of high quality games is just around the the horizon and um horizon. yeah i'm excited for that yeah <laughs> um but yeah no I, I i really enjoyed it um and would i go back to it yeah if they added some stuff um but it, if i had friends come over and this is another thing i rate for games if i had friends come over who were new to vr uh, or not played it before, or just like playing VR when they're over. This is a game that I would put on. Like seeing people doing that, it's a it's it's a game that anyone can jump into because it is. Yeah, you're at a bar. You got to work it out for yourself. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I might have exhausted my thoughts on this at this point. Uh, let's yeah, just real quick right. here. I know that uh, time a few people that disagreed with me. Uh, time to PlayStation VR. GC uh, said, Brian, you've played too many games. LOL. I enjoyed the building. <laughs> you know, so I, I will say uh, one of my problems was that I didn't ne- ever need to upgrade anything, right? I was I was using the original what? equipment for like the first ten levels, and because I was even like, the cleaner. Oh, dude. So so here, okay. Well, welcome, bartending one hundred and one. Uh, you have. Every every single restaurant I've ever worked in had the same motto: is you get set yourself up for success, right? You gotta you gotta you gotta prep whenever you have a free second, right? And so, uh, and so I would be starting shifts. Yeah, exactly. Write it down. I'd be starting shifts and just like cleaning one of each glass as fast as I possibly could. Anytime I had a free second, I always made sure there was a, a clean glass yeah. of every single variety right there next to the dishwasher. I was cutting fruit constantly uh, whenever whenever I had a free second. And so I was lining that shit up. And I just got so used to the machines that were there that I was like, I don't yeah. need to upgrade these things because this is what I'm using, right? Like this is, I, I've worked in many bars that didn't have like up-to-date equipment. And so you just had to work with what you had. And so... <laughs> it's so strange comparing star tenders to actual bartending because there's not a whole lot in common, that. but there is because, <laughs> because I think, because I think if you have the ability to multitask in this type of scenario, it does translate well into, into video games. So like I was, I had, I had drinks half made before they were ordered, right? Because I had the clean glass, I had the fruit ready and that's like half the work right there. Then you just fucking throw in a couple of ingredients and then garnish and put it right there in front of them and you're good to go. And so I, and so finally I was like, okay, well I'm reviewing this game. 10 levels in, I should buy some better equipment. And so what happened was, is I built, I bought the better glass washer and I was like, Oh, I've got enough money to buy the even better glass washer. So I bought both of them at the same time. I was like, Oh, I've got a better fruit cutter. And then I bought two of those at once. I've got one of these things. I can buy two of those at once. And so here I am suddenly building like 12, 12 machines at once. Right. Once. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't buying one between each level. I just, because of the way that I played the game, I had to build 12 machines and I just sat there going, I don't know if this would be fun once. It's definitely not fun 12 times. <laughs> like this is, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why at the halfway point I stopped enjoying it because I was then doing the bulk buying. Uh, and yeah. it's pretty one note at that point. The thing about the glass, it was actually one of the bits of feedback I gave them with the scrubber. So you have to put, 
the scrubber in the, the, the liquid to clean it and then you hold it against the glass. When I first started doing it, I was like actually trying to scrub the glass. But if you do that, it doesn't clean it. You have to keep it still. And I was like, oh, I know it's such a lame thing. It kills the immersion of cleaning yep. a glass. But like in VR, you know, you're trying to scrub it and stuff like that. Like it, in, in some ways that should clean it quicker. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of like upgrading the items, um, I just kept buying the equipment like you can buy more ingredients and i don't know if it articulates this in the game but i didn't understand at first why why would you buy more ingredients because if you if you don't buy the new ingredients you're only going to be asked for drinks with the limited range that you have already which is easier dude dude you're speaking my language right now this is absolutely a flaw in the game where they you like why would you buy more stuff and make your game more difficult in fact i didn't buy the extra ingredients until after after i'd already bought everything i needed to so it's the game really should have required you to do these things to make your own custom drink they should have required you at some point to buy these extra ingredients they should have required you and that and i think that would have um, kind of forced everybody to see more of their game in their first playthrough it should be that like in each of the bars that they had like each one had a different drinks requirement so like when you go to bar number two they will request drinks with ingredients that you might not have got because you right. could still sell the drinks but right. they'll give you less of a tip and stuff like that and you're like, oh i have to go and get it now um i, I think the difference it does make is if you have more expensive ingredients you do get paid more um but yeah same with you like at the end i just bought all the ingredients and so it was fun to like make drinks with them like there's the um the um like the black hole thing where you got to cut it with the the slicer mm-hmm. and then you've got to blend it but once you've cut it it actually the gravity brings everything on the desk together so you're like damn it it's just made a mess of everything but at that point i was like well i don't really need to use this now anyway so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, Miles, is there any chance at this point you'd like to start the show? Because none of this is on the run of show. I hope everyone's in for a long ride tonight. At, at one point, Nick Mulo in the chat said, I think you guys are going to have to change the thumbnail to the video because we haven't addressed anything <laughs> that we were supposed to talk about yet. Um, you ready to do this? Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's get let's get over to game rant for this article. Uh, you may have noticed in the thumbnail it does say uh, that PSVR will adjust to your needs or something along those lines. And that comes from a game rant article that our good friend and moderator Rypop found earlier today. Uh, with the headline, PSVR two will study and make adjustments for the physical capabilities of players. Um, Miles, we talk a lot on this show about uh, uh, about about accessibility i guess um you know and there's been so many moves forward for accessibility when it comes to flat screen games uh but i think i think accessibility in vr is is so much harder uh especially when you know we're we're starting to get to the point where we're going to ditch you know the dual shock 4 and and, and potentially the dual sense we're going to be playing a lot of games with full motion controls uh, so i i think i think accessibility becomes harder because of just the inherent nature of the physical activities involved in VR games. Um, but because of that, because it's harder to make things accessible, I think that that means that it's a more important topic than ever. Agreed completely. And uh, I've always been impressed with a lot of Sony's first-party studios with their efforts to add accessibility features, whether it's um, Guerrilla Games with Horizon Forbidden West... Um, Naughty Dog had done it with um, The Last of Us Part 2 and then obviously with Part 1, God of War 
um, and some of the accessibility features. Um, there, there was a bit of a conversation about, ah, oh, this just makes the game easy. So, like, one of them is it makes enemies a red outline and allies are blue. So when you're in the dark, you can just see them there. And people are like, oh, but that just makes the game easy to play. It's like, yeah, but it's not for you. Like, it really made people have to think about why do you play a game? You play it for enjoyment. Yeah. If you want to play it at a certain difficulty, then you should you should play it. You, if you need that assistance, then we should include those people in the mix. And exactly as you say, when it comes to virtual reality, there's a physicality to it, unlike what you would have on a on a regular flat screen game. And the fact that, you know, accessibility, I think in the article um, that was pulled up, um, it talks about how it's become this kind of buzzword. You know, what does it actually mean? Um, and I think that what it actually will mean for VR... Um, I, I would say I, I I really don't have much of an idea because before it was even shown with PSVR 2, the idea of eye retina tracking blew my mind when I first had that. Yeah. Foveated rendering, that blew my mind. And then more recently, the um, Firewall Ultra um, weapon select on the wheel with the eye retina. All that stuff is just like, well, of course it was always possible when I think about it, but it's amazing to see it. And so to see what kind of creativity they can implement i mean one thing i can think about is um there's this sense and i think we heard it in some of the hands-on impressions with horizon uh call of the mountain they were saying like when i was shooting the bow and arrow i got a feeling that it was easier to aim because it knows where i'm looking mm-hmm. um and so there will be assist with maybe when shooting weapons and things like that right. um but it was also about the immersion of like you know um in some of these games they have like narration telling you what's going on around you so they could do that in vr especially with 3d audio um it might be just overlays that just make things more pronounced you know items that you're meant to pick up so um yeah i find that all really really exciting and yeah it should be supported yeah i mean i i I think you hit on a really good point uh not to delay the article any further but I'm going to, um, a, a lot of the accessibility things and a lot of the things that will make VR better are things that we're not even aware of yet. We don't even know how different people will use this tech. We don't know how many, uh, you know, how many other different, uh, you know, this, we're going to talk about a patent right now, uh, that really, I don't think anyone would have thought of, uh, prior to this. So it's, it's interesting to see Sony kind of leading the charge on this. Uh, and of course, you know, they've been leading the charge on the flat screen side of things too. So this shouldn't come as a huge surprise, but also, you know, don't forget that haptics in the headset were I, initially uh, implemented. I'm sure they are doing it to, you know, to increase immersion, but it did seem like the reason they added the haptics in the headset initially was to, to reduce motion sickness. So it's to get as many people to be able to enjoy these games that they're making as possible. Uh, so there's a great financial side to it to make sure that, you know, you, you're, you're roping these people in and letting them know that you care about them. Uh, but also just, you know, it's, it's letting as many people play your game as possible is, is the smartest thing you could do. Um, whether that come from a financial side or, or a side of caring, um, and I think this one will be real interesting, man. I, I, I don't, I didn't give this a thorough read, so let's uh, let's kind of read through this together and and figure this out. Let's, oh, I can zoom it in. Why can't I never do that before? 
That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always struggling reading these things because I'm like, the text is this small. Um, here we go. PSVR 2 will study and make adjustments for the physical capabilities of all players or of players. See, I'm still misreading it. A new patent suggests that Sony plans on implementing a new accessibility feature for PSVR 2 that will accommodate players in real time. Uh, a recent patent shows that an important accessibility feature that Sony might be planning to use to improve PSVR 2 over the original for players with a limited for players with limited range of motion. This improved accessibility could help make uh, make up for PSVR2's lack of backwards compatibility. Dude, you can tell that they sort of just threw that in to link to another article yeah. that they'd written. Yes. They're like, yeah, this has nothing to do whatsoever with backwards no. compatibility or or making up for it. They just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, so to be you. fair, Brian, yeah. it does say could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. It could. This could make up for that pesky wire, Miles. Yeah, um, it could mean that Beat Saber will be also getting a <laughs> PSVR two port. Right. <laughs> this could mean just about anything you want it to, yeah. uh, especially for players who might not have been as accommodated by the previous virtual reality peripheral. This information comes from a patent filed earlier this year, and sent in that has since been published to view which lays out exactly how psvr2 plans to use the system sirens on my end to make menus easier to navigate based on player uh, capabilities what's most interesting about this new feature is the way that it won't use direct input from the players but instead tracks the player's movement to make dynamic changes all right so uh we're gonna get the patent up here on the screen while i read this the patent itself lots of sirens Wow. Uh, the patent itself details that the goals of the system is to monitor whenever a player attempts to interact with the objects within the virtual reality world while using the PSVR 2 headset and controllers. As a result of this monitoring, it tries to learn where the player is able to interact and then will dynamically move menus to play step within the, that area that is most easily accessible. This might not necessarily make specific games more accessible, but it can at least make navigating through the menus of future PSVR 2 titles easier, or more easy, I guess they said. Um, so far, so good, Miles, right? I mean, this is a very, it seems like a very simple thing. Uh, I've certainly dealt with, uh, I mean, I, I have full range of motion as far as I can tell. I, should, I can reach out pretty well and I can touch buttons on menus. Uh, sometimes I have to take an extra step forward, have to reach all the way out. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes they give us pointers to kind of make things accessible, like laser pointers and just click on that. Uh, but sometimes they don't. Uh, and so something that we don't think about, uh, like, like, you know, just this simple act of pushing buttons when they don't give you laser pointers, uh, this seems to be addressing. They'll move the menu closer to you if they see that you're not reaching out terribly far. Which is kind of interesting. It's, it's, and it's going to just make the whole VR design process for everyone better because what they learn from doing this will actually improve VR experiences and UIs and everything for all players. You know, there's a lot of players that just play seated because of maybe the, the space they have in their room. Um, so, you know, that, that could play into it as well. So, yeah, I think it's really great. Um, um... Let's see. For the most part, however, mo mo much of this accessibility feature can be boiled down to the PSVR 2 learning what kind of movement the player is capable of doing and moving the screens to accommodate. According to some explanations provided with the patent application, this could also go beyond simple, uh, simply changing the menu placement and actually completely reset where the player's central perspective is within the virtual world. This could make the system one of PSVR 2's biggest features, uh, both to those who require the accessibility option, but also for fans who might like more dynamic setting options. I don't think I understand what that's trying to tell us, 
right? Like if they're trying to uh, reposition us somewhere in the world, I don't, I don't quite know. I guess, I guess yeah. Star Tenders is a good example of this, right? Like if when when you're playing Star Tenders, almost every single bar or table or desk or whatever has has a handle on it, and you can just kind of move that up and down. And this would sort of do that for you more subtly it's like oh i'm this person's having a problem reaching this thing like let's make let's bring that desk up closer to them is it do you think that's what they're talking about yeah i i think it is about just like augmenting your movement so it's like becoming an extension of your intentions so mm-hmm. you know we talk about with eye tracking that when you look at a selection of items on a table and you reach for one and you pick up the wrong one but now with eye tracking it says oh no you want to go for that one it knows to pick it up even if perhaps Without that functionality, you would have definitely have been picking up a different item. And so I think it's kind of that philosophy, but extended to like general movements and uh, tracking as well. So, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Well, that makes sense. The the paragraph didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a very clunky paragraph. Let's see, yeah, this, this might be a, a boring conclusion, but let's find out if they have anything more to extract here. Accessibility options can be used uh, as a buzzword as a bu- yeah. buzzword issue that helps give gaming hardware and software developers a positive experience appearance to fans. However, for many gaming enthusiasts, accessibility can be the difference between being able to fully engage with a game or leaving it unavailable due to their specific capabilities. In this case, uh, this base system might help to make more PSVR 2 games accessible to all players, especially those who have historically been left behind within the gaming industry. Not it's literally conclusion. the same sentence written in four different ways. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but it, it does drive the point home though. And I'm, and I'm happy that yeah. it does that because, uh, because I, I do think that a lot of people end up getting left out uh, of specific games. And it's because there's such a small non-vocal minor- minority, right. That, that they just kind of get overlooked and, and everybody, everybody moves on. And uh, you know, it, because it's, it's so difficult, I think for developers, especially small developers to accommodate for everybody right? It's like they only have so much manpower. They only have so much money to do this stuff. And so focusing on things that aren't going to be uh, extremely profitable for them, they're only going to sell like an extra 20 copies of their game potentially by spending, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks on these extra things. It's it's good to have something that's sort of built into the hardware um, to sort of save those developers from, you know, spending time on something that might not actually benefit them, but will definitely benefit the players, right? And what I also love about this is when you think about you know, the power of virtual reality, you can be standing on Mars, you could be exploring the Titanic. It's about giving you the opportunity to experience things that you wouldn't necessarily do in your day to day life. And I'm not here to make a generalization. Disabilities range far and wide, you know, and even people with a particular disability, they're not a monolith. They um, all have different desires and requirements and ambitions. But I do feel like when you consider the type of customer that would really benefit from VR. Mm-hmm. I do think about people that perhaps aren't mobile, that don't get to go out to particular places and visit, you know, go to, I don't know, they might like to go to an aquarium, but in VR, they can. And so I think, you know, making efforts to cater for those people, um, I think is is very special for that reason. Agreed. All right, man. You know what? We got a lot of viewer takeover questions to tackle. And, uh, and I still got a couple more tips to read here. So let's do that real quick. 
We got Serial Killer, the plain old game cat, $2 tip. Uh, dude, writing to us and watching from the hospital. Get better soon, man. Uh, hopefully, yeah, feel better soon. Absolutely. Uh, and keep us posted for sure. More sirens on my end. He goes, choo choo, woo woo. I think that's a train sound. <laughs> uh, Nidager, the European Zagargato with the uh, one euro, says nothing, but we love you. Uh, <laughs> sirens, man. Fucking crazy tonight. Um, Okay, I got to remember to keep Scott Jessica's tip here, so we can uh, so we can talk about his question right off the bat when we get to the viewer takeover section. And we got Professor Lilith with the five dollar tip that says the vote is in. The Sunday multiplayer this week is Werewolves Within. We need at least. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I can't him. wait. I've been wanting to play this for so long, and I can't, I missed the last time we were doing it on a Sunday, so I'm super happy. Nice. We're gonna get Wes into this too because because uh, Wes he, says he he's, not played it. He said he's never played it. Yeah. Well, that's great because I'm going to be terrible because every time I jump into it, it's been so long since I last played it that I forget what the roles are. Yep, and me too. Even, even if people go, oh, don't worry, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help you. It's not the same, is it, when you're playing with people that really understand it? Well, how like, can people help you? The point is to not let them know what your real role is. And so to tell people my role is this, you're ruining the game, right? I'll uh, see if that guy is available. Well, you know, the <laughs> super high guy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, where is within? If you haven't, if you haven't had a chance to play it yet, if you picked it up on sale, or if you haven't, um, or or it's on PlayStation Extra. Uh, if you have the PlayStation Extra, because oh. it's the Ubisoft collection, because that has um, uh, Bridge Crew. Uh, what's the Ubisoft VR games? Space it Junkies, has, um, Eagle Flight, Space Junkies. Yeah, and Werewolves Within, yes. and I think there might be a couple of other. So if you have extra, yeah. you actually have access to these games. Yes. Nice. Get involved. Yeah. So, uh, and, and really, really guys, you know, it's so difficult to get some multiplayer games together, uh, in VR, uh, you're definitely going to want to, uh, come join us. And, you know, this might be the only chance you have to play Werewolves Within. Who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, Emily Baxter, hashtag the cartoony, which, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, uh, just to conclude the whole Werewolves Within chat, uh, join us over on Discord. That's where we organize the games. Thank you, Professor Lilith, for doing that week after week after week. It happens every Sunday Love. at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and so figure, <laughs> figure out what, time zone what time that is in your time zone in your region uh and then come join us uh, and yeah join the discord that, that goes without saying emily baxter hashtag the cartoony witch game kitten with the two dollar tips says cartoony games suck the weekend is now officially here thank you Woo! that's right that was for the weekend <laughs> not for cartoony games <laughs> not to cartoony games sucking nice um all right man well let's dude we have so many viewer takeover questions to tackle uh Let's but this. let's start because Scott Jesco uh, submitted his in a tip way earlier in the show. Uh, what horror IP do you want next in VR? It's a good way to kick it off, man, because it is, diff- it is officially spooky season. It's time. I think I've got to jump straight. I know this straight away because it was in my top 20 uh, like VR games I'd love to see on PSVR 2. Uh, the Dead Space remake. Mm-hmm. um or the callisto protocol um yeah i mean we've dead space dead space uh remake has been made by motion what's the full name of the company is it motion which Maybe game? Just i'm motion. sorry what game the dead space remake they made uh squadrons yeah um much uh i was gonna say montreal that's not right it's uh it is motion something um Mo- it's motion studio yeah sorry oh, motive 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 that's studio it. vr games Sorry. It did begin um, with an M. We were halfway there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Motive Studio. So, you know, they worked on um, 
squadrons. So they have VR experience. Dead Space remake looks lovely, and it looks like a great contender for VR. So that would get my vote. Yeah, for sure. I don't think there was anything we were doing in Dead Space, at least the original, that uh, that couldn't be done in VR pretty easily. Uh, you, you, I remember being there was a lot of stomping going on, um, but you know there was a button in the original game to stomp. Why couldn't there be a button in Dead Space to stomp in VR? That's uh, a great answer. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rogue and talk about a non-game series. Uh, I, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I just feel like is so ripe with possibilities. I think Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. is every dream All that your character has can be set in a different place, different location, without a real need to string them together. Um, and then, of course, it could, you know, depending on which Nightmare on Elm Street movie we're watching, uh, Freddy could, you know, also maybe inhabit your uh, the real world, the, the daytime world at a certain point once he gains enough power, right? And so throughout the course of the game, you're playing through all these dreams. Uh, and it's just, I, I could imagine just being absolutely terrifying, especially, you know, I think these days it's 2022 in case no one was paying attention. Uh, it's, I think we've gotten away from some of the campiness of like the 80s and 90s uh, horror movies. And, and, and people want to take their franchises like a little more seriously and like really scare the crap out of people. And so if you had a Freddy Krueger that was like, like taken very seriously. He could still have the one-liners, but he could, but he, like, did you see the, did you see the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, Miles? I didn't. With um, the guy that played Rorschach in Watchmen, wasn't it? Um, I can't think of the actor's name, but. Yeah, you're asking the wrong What did you make of it? So I hear it, it lost a lot of the charm of the original, I'm guessing. Lo- lost a lot of the charm, but infused the horror right back in where it belonged. Like, it was a terrifying introduction. And, uh, and although they talked way too much about Freddy Krueger's uh, kind of origin story, uh, that was that was pretty much the only downfall for me. It's like I could I could just save the origin story shit for like you know the re- remake number two, remake number three, whatever, um, or sequel number two or three in the remake series. Uh, the first one just make it pure terror, right? And just and just make me terrified to to go to sleep. And uh, they actually did that. I think I, th- I think the the remake did that really well. And so to kind of like Jackie give some. To give some sort of hybrid between like the original series and the remake, just to get the horror and like the charm of the originals, uh, I think would be amazing. And I think there's a million ways to do that well in VR. So I'm going to throw two more titles into the mix then because you got me thinking. One on the gaming front already, and actually one I did want to put on my list Dead by Daylight. I think we spoke about it before. I'm surprised that's not had a VR version because you're literally trying to fix a generator looking over your shoulder while there is in the cornfields there is someone out there that is another player that would be amazing and then the other title uh a movie the thing a multiplayer the thing game kind of like among us but hardcore gory yeah where who who is the thing um that would be amazing yeah yeah i could see that i could absolutely see that (sighs) because Yeah, to actually to actually have like a co-op adventure where like you know the full you know the whole time that you're going to have to kill these fuckers at some point because you are the thing. That would be pretty cool, man. Cuz 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 a lot of these games are quite short like whether it's Wolf Among Us or mm. um just Among Us. Um sorry, Werewolves Within. Um but um to have a game that's maybe a bit more of a long form game that yeah. there's different stages so you actually do it's not just Oh, I'll just say it was them, and then if if I get kicked out, then that's it. I'll just go into another match. If there's actually a bit of investment, like it's a 
a 30 minute one hour game where you're actually having conversations with people like maybe there's a dinner table scene where you're eating and stuff like that like you're actually in a living quarters i think that'd be really cool you want to do, you want to do boring stuff in vr <laughs> like listen uh, like, listen enough, the, enough of the bar, action working enough. on a bar yeah working at a bar yeah. you know um cleaning uh glasses and stuff that'd be cool yeah, yeah. don't get paid or anything but no. just you know no why haven't they done that in vr yet <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do think that there would be, that there's definitely some merit to that. They could, they could make, they could make the mundane stuff very interesting by including those, you know, ha- having, having, uh, other people, their mission, like getting separated from the other cat, other cast of the co-op players yes. and then, and then reintroducing them and having, you know, having to yeah. interact with them and not having, hey, not knowing, not knowing what where happened yeah, in their absence. Uh, th- that does give a little bit of an among us vibe to it. I like that. Mm. Um, Among Us VR delayed to 2023 on PSVR2, Prentice Summer Scale. How could it be delayed? PSVR2 is not out this year. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. I wouldn't say delayed. That's just when it's coming out. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's move on to some more of these, uh, yeah. questions. Ryan, let's go sports team over on our Discord. So it's hashtag VR Takeover. Do you think mod support on games like Bone Lab and Contractors will be much more limited on their PSVR 2 versions? I'm thinking about how PSVR version of Skyrim had much more limited mm-hmm. mod support than the Xbox version. Advanced scripts or external assets weren't allowed. Also wondering how this stance by Sony affects the chances of games like Neo's or VR Chat coming to PSVR 2. This is this is deep, man. Great question. Deep. And straight away, my thoughts go to how... The landscape has changed with crossplay. You know, Sony was dragged, although they wouldn't admit it, kicking and screaming by Fortnite and other games that were like, "No, we have a massive audience. We want it. Pl- we want people on different platforms to play with each other." Mm-hmm. You know, Sony then did this whole. I don't know if you've covered it on the show before, but they have this metric around on Fortnite. The currency is V bucks, so it's like if you bought v bucks on playstation but then spent them on xbox sony would have to be reimbursed a certain percentage and like depending on what how much time you spend on platforms sony has just done these deals where they just want to make sure that they're getting as much money okay we'll give you cross play but we're going to charge you for you know how much you use the platform etc um and, and the reason i bring this up is i think that that could be maybe the next the next stage of questioning around gaming, you know, is it actually going to be a question of um, whether they 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 allow this to happen? Yeah, yeah. It, so the, the thing, I mean, if you've been watching this channel a long time, the first thing you know is you know a lot of shit about me, right? Uh, and one of the things I just don't care about is mods. I just don't care. I mean, for anybody who is interested in mods, more power to you. That's great. You can extend the life of a game that you've been playing, you know, ad infinitum. Like, but not for me. I don't care. I want to play the game. I want to experience everything it has to offer. Beat the game and then move on to something else. Uh, that's that's generally just how I feel about games. Um, so, but when it, but we have seen examples of uh, uh, essentially what they call whitelisting, right? Where where mods happen over on the PC side of things, and then uh, and and then the popular ones get sort of approved by the publisher and developer uh and, and then integrate into the game officially uh and then and then become part of a patch over on on playstation uh 
which you know which, which is kind of an interesting workaround i guess it, it's it's sort of it sort of gives you know the a, a little taste of what's happening over on the pc side of things and you still get to play it on the console of your choice um but it, it's it's also not a full it, it's also not a full um, you don't get the full mod experience. I really think that if you ever, if you want the full mod experience when it comes to this kind of stuff, you just have to be a PC gamer. Like that's just the, the beginning and end of it. And that's why Bethesda released the the Doom map creator on Doom 2016. It's why we have games like Dreams. It's why No Man's Sky has so much implementation of customization. It's why Fortnite has a creative mode. Yeah. It's kind of this middle ground of no, we want to promote creativity but you have to do it within the boundaries of, you know, what the game has set. And um, to be honest, I think a lot of gaming companies like that as well. Um, they like that control. And they always understand that when it comes to PC, that will always be the world west of modding. Um, and, and that's it. So, yeah, I can't see it budging a huge amount. The big frustration for me is when I've wanted to do mixed reality in Beat Saber, I would love to just have the menu there. I would also love that people on the stream could type in a code and it instantly allows me to download that track that I want to play. Yeah. And, you know, so much stuff that I'd love to do, like Beat Saber, I would spend way more time on it if I could be able to play games other than the paid DLC. But the truth is, if I want to do that, I'll, I'm going to have to get a, a quest. <laughs> Mad Max, the gaming channel, $2 tip says, don't like mods, Brian? You didn't have a game genie? Nope. I did not. I did Wait, not have the Game Genie. Um, I didn't have a P, uh, Pro Action Replay. I didn't, I, that was it. Pro Action Replay yep. is what I had. So that was the cartridge that, and yep. you used to create your own cheat codes on it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there were there were books uh, because, you could get, and yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was like you had to. I felt like I was a bit of a game dev. You weren't really, but it was like you play a game in Doom, and you would say like the uh, right record the value, and then you take some damage, and you go the value's gone down. You then heal yourself and you go, the value's gone up and it would narrow down what you're talking about. And so eventually you go, oh, you're talking about health. You could say, yeah, now keep that frozen and then your health would never go down. And as a kid, that was like, it felt like magic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, every so often, you know, it was, there was like the Konami code and a few other things that you could just put in without Game Genies or, or, or any other external device. And, you know, certainly there were, I used some of those codes. Um, but even then, like I, I've always just wanted to play the game that they made for yes. us. You know, I was like, I always, I, when I put in a cheat code, I felt like a cheater and I, and I don't, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> like I want to play the game. This is why this is why I don't even rename my characters in in like Final Fantasy or, or any other RPG. Oh my god. Because when when we talk about the, I want to play the game with the characters names that were given to me. And so that way Miles when we talk about the game later, we're all talking about the same character. I'm like, dude, it's my biggest regret. Final Fantasy 7 as a kid, 11-year-old me, I renamed all the characters and for my entire life until it was just people would be talking about it. And I was like, oh, was it? What character was that? Like Vincent, I called Slayer. Cloud was called Blade. Um, um, Barrett was called Sergeant Briggs. I don't know what the hell was going on. It was like the most confusing conversations of people. I had no idea what people were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I understand that this this just makes you know me a different type of gamer than not than everybody, right? I think I think most oh, no, people. You, no, you're totally right though. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done it. I should have stayed with the brilliant names that the developers would have probably put some thought into. Yeah, I mean, 
again, I'm just, you know, every, everybody's different. Some people just want to get the absolute most bang for their buck. Uh, and I, and, and, and I've just, I just want to see, I just want to play everything. <laughs> Tiff was called, was Rachel in Final Fantasy VII for me as a kid. Oh man, it's so embarrassing. Uh, Oh my goodness! All right, dude. Let's let's move on. We got Texatron, the boopable game cat, boop with the three dollar tip. Says you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a heart there. Love you guys. Want Subnautica or Fatal Frame in VR? Hell oh. yeah, man! Fatal Frame games. I lo- I've loved Fatal Frame games. I played. Uh, I haven't. I haven't finished the Switch one yet. I started it. Um, but I but I absolutely love the the, the original three, and I, and that is. Very frequently, when somebody says, "What games do you want in VR?" I think about just how cool it would be to be walking around uh, those places in Fatal Frame and and be able to just with pick up put the camera to your face and then suddenly see a ghost and and, and take a picture and use that as ammunition. I mean, it just sounds absolutely perfect to me and and, and the, possibly the best way you could experience Fatal Frame. I feel like those What's games should have ga- been first person to begin with, honestly. What's the horror game where you go into uh, an uh, asylum with the camera? Outlast. Outlast. Yeah. Was there? Was I assume there was a VR mod for that for PC? I'm sure there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that would be incredible. Um, it already making me think of other uh, other horror games that were obvious that I didn't mention. The Forest. I keep banging on about. It was on my list. One that was mentioned in the comments by a few people on that video was um, uh, Subnautica. Yeah, and actually. Um, uh stranded deep mm-hmm. uh stranded deep in vr i would love it's cool it's got multiplayer now and without wanting to spoil too much but basically the end game is you have to hunt these big beasts in the ocean and you literally have to sail in the middle of nowhere and then go in the water and like one of them is a megalodon and just to do that in vr even on a flat screen you just want to keep your feet on that raft you don't want to go in there um so to do that in vr would be very traumatic and i would enjoy it yeah yeah, I mean, man. I mean, I, we, I think we've done entire episodes just ranting about all the flat screen games we want in VR. Um, and we could certainly do that for hours today, too. Uh, so instead of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, yeah, let's not. Let's, let's do our best to move on. Uh, Serial Killer, <laughs> Dream Warrior. You are bad. Uh, right. Uh, once PSVR 2 is released and doing well in sales, reviews, etc., do you think Sony will tell us when they originally planned for the headset to be released if we asked? I'm sure the PR answer will be it released exactly when we wanted it to, but we all know that's not true. It, 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 regardless of what happens with the sales, if it comes out, it's going to be via a leak. It's, it's yeah, going to be Sony. What? I said, I said, if if we if we ever find that out, mm. it's irrespective of how well it sells. It will just be because it's leaked. Them selling it well is not going to make them say, "Oh yeah, by the way, we were actually going to do it." Um, sooner or later, I don't know, or maybe I could see Jim Ryan there and doing one of his wide magazine things. Of it was a different time, and yeah, back then we did move it a little bit, but I, I really don't think so because so much of the world we live in now is strategizing release dates for state of plays or showcases or hardware launches. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the world we live in now, um, because uh, we're in very volatile times, so I, I don't think Sony would have any inclination to give any sense of how they've, what their thought process has been for previous releases. I, true, yeah. Sony, Sony has sort of become uh, Fort Knox as it is. They, uh, they really, shockingly, there's not a lot of leaks out of Sony 
uh, first party. I mean, we certain there are some. Don't get me wrong. We we saw a lot of Last of Us leaks. We've, uh, you know, we, we get State of Play leaked uh, ahead of time. But but for the most part, like there's there's a lot of secrets over at Sony right now. Um, and I know a couple that I'm just absolutely shocked no one has said out loud. I'm like, if I know some of this shit, like then people with way more subscribers uh, must also know some of this shit. Um, and it's just absolutely shocking to me. Every day I just wake up and go, wow, that, that shit hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> That's crazy. But Sony's been really, really impressive when it comes to not having some of these secrets spilled. Um, and so there's a lot of good stuff in the works. And I just don't think, I just think based on, based on that kind of, uh, I don't know if, if that's their way of thinking and, and making sure that like nothing gets leaked until, or nothing gets shown until it absolutely needs to be shown. And like the kind of, at this point, not having great communication with the gamers, basically saying, listen, we're going to fucking tell you what we want to tell you when we're going to tell you. And we're just going to remain silent until then. That's sort of been their MO this whole, you know, the last few years. I, I feel like that will also extend to post-launch, where it's like, nope, this is not information you need to know, uh, so we're not going to share that. Um, unless, you know, unless, again, the, the people in charge now, unless there's more to the story, unless they've just been quiet uh, and they're waiting to tell us everything we want to know, uh, and eventually, like, the, the messaging will start changing, uh, and, and we could see a very different Sony in a couple of years or by the end of this generation. And then at, and then at that point, maybe, but, but the way things are going right now, I, I just don't see it happening. They're very, very quiet. Yeah. I agree. That was a coffee rant that, that only happened because of caffeine. <laughs> um, or seek the beheaded game cat. Oh, that's adorable. Asks what PSVR remaster do you want the most and which one could make you change your mind about a game you didn't like? Huh. Sorry, which PS VR remaster? Yeah. Which one do you want the most over to be brought over to PSVR two? You go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, unless I unless I blurt something out now. I yeah, but, uh, I mean, mid sentence. If you if you if you could, because um, <laughs> uh, they so they want us to go with one that we were disappointed with on PSVR. It, seem, it seems like two questions. Yeah. Right. First question is, what remaster do you want the most? And which one, which remaster could make you change your mind about a game that you didn't like? I, yeah. I'll take the first I love, part I'm first. glad they said that you didn't like. I like the idea that could change your mind that it was one that you loved. It gets remastered. You go, no, nah, actually, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, get, I, I, got, I get the most obvious answers for both of them. Yeah, obviously, we'll the first one is Resident Evil 7. Because the, the yes, number right. one thing... I think we'd all love about RE7 is motion controls, right? Hands in the game. Um, and, uh, and, and also if that game looked as good in VR as village purportedly looks in VR, uh, you know, to get that uh, better experience, that would be something that would finally convince me to replay this game. I say finally, as if I didn't just replay it a month ago, but I've retired the core campaign for PSVR one. I'm not playing that shit again, unless it gets a remaster. So that, yeah. First part had was an easy answer. Um, I'm trying to give you a chance. More sirens on my end. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like general remaster. I, I've mentioned this on previous. Uh, Robinson: The Journey. I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I just felt that it was. It, it's a good answer. It felt like it was ahead of its time in terms of hardware. Like it looked great, but yeah. to have that with higher fidelity, I think it could be. 
and also I think there was some locomotion issues and things like that. Um, well, so controllers, that would... man. It looked like you were holding it? move controllers and How it was, was it? a dual shot was four game. Yeah. That was what it was, yeah. Craziness. Um, but in terms of a game that could make me change my mind about it, um, oh, there's one that I definitely have in the back of my head that I'm trying to pull out that I definitely would have remembered. But um, I, I definitely feel that... Like, Box VR was a game that I enjoyed and I was annoyed when they released... they updated it to fit xr but it was never on playstation it was just done for oculus and it has just a much more expansive range of games that you could play for exercise with friends and when i think about it like when i say change my mind like i did enjoy box vr but i had tracking issues which for getting those huge combos for like the trophies and stuff i was chasing it was always annoying when you'd get like 30 minutes into a song and then it would just like why did that not count? Yeah. Um, and it might have been that I missed it, but most of the time it's like it, you didn't get a real sense of it. And so also there's not a lot of fitness VR games. And I'm talking about games that are like Beat Saber. Yeah, you get fit playing it. But I'm talking about games that are specifically right. a fitness tool. Um, and so I think that could be quite significant if if that did get the fit XR treatment or some other version of box vr for, for for the next generation yeah yeah i'm trying to think of the second half of this question uh so something that would something that i didn't really Maybe. enjoy that where a remaster could really make a big difference um <clears throat> i think for the most part uh i think for the most part you can i mean dude, everybody's different right everybody's different and, and i think you could look through the comments and uh and, and maybe see how i was a little bit able a little bit more able to like overcome controller obstacles than most people, right? And so like, you know, whereas there are people in our community who still despise the move controllers, just like absolutely hate picking them up. Or I was like, uh, where I was like still, I, I, you know, I got so used to the move controllers that I didn't even think about like the the troubles that it might bring other people. Uh, and so, I, so it's hard to think of a, a game that a remaster could actually change my opinion on. The one ex- example of that, though, that I could probably say would be a dramatic improvement would be Hitman, because even though I really did like Hitman, mm. the controls with the Dual Shock Four killed some of the immersion. And I think so. Even though it's not a game that I disliked, it's a game that I would love infinitely more if if, if that strangle wire I could actually use two hands for that. If if you know when, when climbing, I could just do things naturally. If they could, if they could actually implement true. Uh, do uh, sense control support, uh, then I, I think that that game would be leaps and bounds better than the original PSVR one version. But. Yeah, that's a re- really great uh, choice, um, and I, I see that 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 actually theme between the two games that you chose. It is about how do you expand yeah. the the, cr- the way that you control. Um, there was another game that came to mind just now, like a quick one, but um, no, it's gone. Um, <laughs> It'll come back to me. Constantly but, writing shit yeah. down because I'm always forgetting. Uh, Nicole the Game I'm Cat. I'm going to blurt it out. Yeah, blurt it, dude, blurt it out seven questions from now. It's good. Nicole the Game Cat asks, uh, what would it take for the new PSVR 2 headset to disappoint you? Easy answer. Iron Man VR. Sorry, <laughs> Iron Man. 
<laughs> Iron Man VR. I that said was, seven questions from now, not one nah, question. No, no, no. I'll forget it again yeah. by then. No, Iron good, Man VR. Good answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, a, we don't a, need to discuss it. A great serious, game, but, yeah, right? A great game, yeah, yeah. but like, but the enhancements would put it through the roof, right? Feeling yeah. the haptics as the mask comes on and goes online. Yeah, be amazing. Nice, nice. So, next, what was the question? The next question? Something about Iron Man. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, what What would it take for the new PSVR two headset to disappoint you? So, I mean, I've been saying for years, Miles, that like oh. for, for me. For me, all I wanted from PSVR two, as as far as the hardware was concerned, I, I I was basically, I was basically in the camp where like I didn't, I don't need eye tracking or foveated rendering or or anything else. I, I don't need it to be this light years above and beyond anything else that we, that the PC market is doing, right? I don't need it to be like this amazing piece of tech. I just kind of want to get it caught up to PC VR, right? The current standards of PC VR, right? And get new controllers and get everything else. And, and Sony has been very, very clear. Don't worry, Brian, we're, we're giving you that and more. Um, so the only way I'm going to be disappointed with the headset uh, is, is with the game catalog. If the game catalog fails to impress this time around, if we, if we're not getting more AAA games, if we're not getting more uh, recognizable IPs, if more developers don't get on board, uh, then that's the only way I'm going to be disappointed with PSVR two, because we're already getting the thing, that I wanted above and beyond the thing that I wanted. I just wanted to get the tech caught up and, and not make it feel like it was sort of a hodgepodge of, you know, Oh, these old move controllers and you get to use the, you know, the, the PS4 camera and, and, you know, it's, you have to be facing the camera when you play, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of kind of outdated things, even at launch, some of these ideas were outdated. Um, so that's all I wanted from the hardware. Now, now I just need, now I just need games, man. That's the only way I'll be disappointed is if we don't get the games that I want. Yeah, that's no, great. I, I mean, my my clear choice is is not to do with the hardware. It's to do with the UI. Um, and I think I am going to be disappointed. I don't want to turn on the PSVR two and it to be a flat menu of the PS five. Like I, I think that is what it's going to be. I, I don't actually know what the experience was for these people that had hands-on with the PSVR 2. Was it that they put the headset on and they were in the game that had been set up for them? You know, or did they actually get to go... I don't know. But for me, it's a huge thing, the UI. I, I want I want Sony to be like, we're, we are about creating... Well, the PS5 was about seamless experiences between games to games. Hmm. You can jump in with friends, you know, fast loading times. Well, what does that look like in VR? It's not just you can click on a menu and go to another game quickly. You're there. You're in the game. You're in a black space with a flat screen menu. No, put yourself... It doesn't even have to be complicated. Like Even if at first they said, we're creating this very basic room, there's not a lot of interactivity, but it is all around you, and this is a starting point, we will actually you know, then build on it. Um, what know, if, what if be- that empty room had a big TV screen... In a dual sense controller that you had to go walk up to with your sense yeah. controllers. You pick it up with your sense controllers and then you're navigating then, yes. the PlayStation 5 home screen um, in VR. <laughs> but you have to plug the TV in first and sometimes you lose connection <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I don't know. But yeah, no, honestly, that is that is a big thing for me is like the it's it's like all the extracurricular features. Like I have faith that the games are going to be great. But I just want to. I want Sony to do their kind of zany, out of the box, like 
you know they're always about hardware and gaming uh in gaming and i just want them to do something bold but it's like wow that's something other vr platforms aren't doing yeah okay you do get vr chat and stuff like that but those are games you have to go into i want sony to embrace it that when you put the headset on they're like yeah you put it on you are now in a vr playstation experience um yeah i feel strongly about it (laughs) and i think i am going to be disappointed uh, unfortunately uh, I think the next few questions we're going to do a little bit more rapid fire here, um, sure. just yeah. so we're not doing a three-hour show tonight. Nothing wrong with three-hour shows, no. just not tonight. Or seek the Thank beheaded you. game cat. Ooh, again, uh, low end, low end, and even bad PSVR games got coverage and attention because we were so starved for new games. Hopefully, this drought won't happen on PSVR two. Do you anticipate to completely ignore the PSVR two shovelware or just a first impression stream at most? just for the sake of filling your YouTube channel with new content regularly. feels like he's throwing some shade there at the end. I mean, like, yeah. just, just, you're only going to cover these to have content. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that, that was sort of the downside, I think, with PSVR and, and, and without parole was we'd go through droughts and be like, oh, man, you got to play. I mean, I got to play a fungus in my garden. And the thing is, is you can't, I, I feel like there's a certain level of responsibility, um, you know, as a as a reviewer, I can't just review the good stuff because because I I like to play it. I'm like, oh yeah, this game is fun, so so I'm gonna play this one. No, I mean, like it's equally as important, or possibly more important, to tell you guys just how bad something is uh, and spend just as much time reviewing the bad games so that so that I hope we can yeah. save you money. Yes, I want to point you in the direction of really great games, that, and especially games that you might not have heard of. But like, it's irrelevant for me to have a Resident Evil Village uh, review on the channel. It, you know already uh, if you're going to like that game and early impressions say it's going to be fucking great. It's going to be the games that get overlooked because of village that I'm more concerned about, right? The good games that you should be spending your money on uh, when you're done with village. It's like, what about those games? What about the games that get overshadowed by these amazing AAA experiences? Uh, but then of course, then there's the crap that, that you need to know is crap. So you don't accidentally buy it on impulse. Um, so it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but hopefully that means that I can, Hopefully because there's so much stuff to cover that an hour long live stream of the bad stuff will be effective enough. And I don't need to spend three days making a review of the bad stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. This will be, this will be the biggest challenge I think I've ever had, um, on the channel. Miles, uh, are you planning on doing more gaming stuff on your channel? The last of us stream seemed like it had a positive reception. Uh, will you be doing PSVR two stuff on your channel? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make it. Again, it comes back down to the fact that it's going to have better functionality for broadcasting. That's that's the reason that it because if I want to do VR, I'd have to do it downstairs. Um, and uh, I haven't got a good a good setup. I've got like a camera on a tripod and I have to connect it to my laptop, which is not, not really made for broadcasting. It's like a work laptop and stuff. And I can't I don't know, I could probably do it in here. But I don't know, but I, I just know that the PSVR two with the tracking because because that's the other thing, isn't it? For the PSVR, you have to have the camera set up and have to be facing it a certain way. So that's another right. factor. So yeah, the short answer is absolutely, um, and I'm really excited for it. Um, and it's um, and, and actually off the back of Wednesday, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to see what happens next in the story. So I might actually end up do like a an, an extra stream maybe at the weekends or stuff, um, but just building things up slowly. Um, you know what it's like if you start saying straight away, yeah, I'll start doing this once a week. And then straight away, you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Maybe I set myself too much. 
but yeah, for VR and on the question that we were answering regarding, um, you know, terrible games and stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. You have a responsibility to signpost people to games, especially the money grabbing games. You know, it's not as if you're going to be spending hours in them. There's some games where you play it for like 10 minutes and go, oh, it's clear what this game is. Yeah, don't get it. It's actually completely doesn't work. And I think because of the quality of the headset and the fact that the bandwidth that developers are going to have for the platform, hmm. I do think that it's kind of like the you know the sea rising or ocean rising. I can't even remember what the saying was. All ships rise. A rising you know, with, tide lifts all ships. Something like that. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And it's going to be kind of that with quality. That I think even the smaller developers, um, and so the games that are generally terrible are going to be even more obvious to spot. Yeah. Uh, Berbercat says, just let Miles review all the junk. Um, in all fairness, I, I'm hoping that there's enough stuff to more sirens on my end. Wow. It's just come get me finally. Please like, just take me and put me away. Yeah. Um, I could, the dire games, the dire games. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do all the dire games. Yeah, most, I think most people are aware that, you know, at one point we tried to uh, boost Patreon support enough to, for me to be able to hire AJ full time. Um, and, and as time went on, we got further and further away from that goal. Uh, it was, it was crazy, you know, just PSVR was dying out interest in the channel and, and the headset were debt was dying out. Uh, so somehow we're further away from, uh, you know, expanding the without parole team officially as like, full-time employees uh, more than ever. So I, I think what we have to kind of consider is that like, if, if Wes is interested in doing a review with miles interested in doing a review and AJ it was like to be able to like pay these guys, like some kind of like freelance wage um, in order to contribute to the channel. Um, I'm hoping that that's something that renewed interest in the channel and renewed interest in, in PSVR, especially obviously PSVR two. Hopefully that'll allow us. Um, I would love to be able to share the, those responsibilities with you guys. Cause you know, uh, cause I, you guys are all have very unique uh, kind of perspectives on games, uh, as we just saw with Star Tenders. We just talked thirty minutes about Star Tenders, and I talked thirty minutes about Star Tenders with AJ on Monday. So, like, you know, uh, is I, I would want all of your voices to be heard a little bit more on this channel. Uh, so, if we can do something like that at some point, it'd be it'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, no no hiring anybody anytime soon. That just doesn't seem like it's possible. Um, the reason I jo the reason I started watching this channel is because of your reviews, Brian. I've always liked your style, and so on the one hand, although I'd be very privileged to be asked to do a review, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like I'd rather hear what Brian has to say about it, like for the channel. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of games. Brian is going to need help, so um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> oh God, James, <laughs> as the viewer contributions have a viewer review segment. Wow, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. I don't even know how that tackle that. Nikolo says this week we got DLC for Beat Saber in puzzling places. It's getting to the point where I'd like to see assurances of a PSVR two port that keeps your purchased DLC before buying more. What are your thoughts? Not sure when or if Sony will allow devs to announce that sort of thing. It's a good question, man. Beat Saber is really the one that stands out. Puzzling Place is obviously another good one, but I think Beat Saber is the ubiquitous one that most PSVR games probably have that on, sitting on their hard drive. They probably spent upwards of $100 or more on DLC. Um, what's, what's the question is... Well, it's, it's a question of like when, when Beat Saber comes to PSVR 2. Yeah. I, I assume this is the question. Are we going to have to buy the DLCs again? I, I can't see that happening. No. I mean, I... 
it's it's always a possibility. Beat Saber, I think, has generally been a pretty decent company when it comes to, um, yeah, okay, they charge premium prices for their content, but they've always been honest about it. I don't think they'd pull a fast one like that. Um, well, the competition yeah. for rhythm games, uh, it, there's there's been different games that have kind of come and gone. The Synth Riders is still around. Uh, we never got the multiplayer for that though, so um, it's not too much competition there. Uh, obviously, Attica had its had its moment to shine. Uh, what what I think beat games wouldn't want is to lose anybody that they've roped in. Like they don't want any they don't want to give anybody an excuse to like back out of Beat Saber and say, you know what, I think I've had enough Beat Saber. Because it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, no, you have to buy this game again. It's 20 bucks, it's 30 bucks, whatever it is. But it's another, it's, it's another to say, hey, you got to rebuy this game and the hundred plus dollars of DLC that you buy. Somebody's going to go, well, I only spent that much money because it was cumulative over time, right? I spent that much money over the course of three or four years with Beat Saber. I'm not going to drop all this money again to rebuy this shit. And then, and then there's going to be these negative uh feelings that people will have about beat saber and you kind of can't you can't salvage that so i would say i would say in order to keep people in the beat saber ecosystem and and, and to keep them buying the new dlc and to prevent any other rhythm game from coming along and stealing their thunder everything gets a free upgrade right you get you you get to play beat saber on psvr2 free upgrade all the dlc comes along with it Uh, it only makes sense to me and then of course then when they release New DLC, you're there front and center being like, I'm buying this shit on PSVR too. I feel good about this. I feel good that this carried over. Especially when you also consider that Beat Saber, although they won't, I always say this, they won't officially admit it. One of their biggest pulls for their game is the mods on PC Mm. that people can play any song that they want on the platform. You know, they've hired a lot of the custom mappers from out there, um, which is amazing. Um, so for PlayStation, what you've got working against you is they're stuck. They wouldn't use that. They're stuck with just the <laughs> DLC we give them. So the idea that they would then say, and we want you to pay for it again, I think ultra no. Um, but the one question I did think about is um, I wonder what licensing agreement they've got with the artist for these DLCs. Was it for PSVR? Does it actually go across platforms? Because if PSVR 2 is actually a new game, like it's a PSVR 2, it's not just a port or an upgrade, it's actually a new game, that might have some implication. And I'm sure they have the money to sort it out, but that could cause some issues. And then I just thought generally, when it came to Guitar Hero and games like that, I assume the... um, I know know with Guitar Hero Live it was different because it was a live service, but like technically if you still had a PlayStation 2... And you put Guitar Hero in, the songs on there are still on there. Um, the licensing, I assume, is indefinite. So I guess all these DLCs, the Beat Saber aren't going to have a time limit on it. Who knows? But, but yeah, the, 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 the platform part of the licensing, I think, could be an issue. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it will be personally. No. Um, <laughs> Nick's in the chat says, "Yeah, I'd probably buy Beat Saber for a third time." Uh, as long as I can keep my DLC, certainly would prefer a free upgrade. Yeah, that that would be a tricky one to be like, oh, all your DLC carries over, but we're going to have to require you to buy the game again. I don't know. That 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 feels kind of shady for some reason, but I don't know. 
don't know. We'll see. Unless what they do is you do have to buy it again. Look, this is me just thinking completely or out of the box, but mm. maybe it is you do have to buy the main game again. And what they used with that money is then to fund the licensing with the, because they're saying, Hey, we're not going to charge again for this version, but we will pay you a percentage of the money for the, for the base game to sort of keep them happy. Because that could be something that the labels, you know, labels are there to make money. They could say, what? So you're going to have it on a new platform. You're just going to give it for free. You can't do that because that's us losing a cut of the money. If if the deal was, you know, Lady Gaga, it was like every time you sell the Lady Gaga DLC, I assume it's a revenue share. That's just my guess. Yeah, I mean, um, there, there are certain there are certain implications there for sure. Um, mm. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of like go through and see exactly what the what these contracts how they read. It'd probably be boring as hell to to pick through and, until you finally see the yeah. part that you're interested in. Um, but yeah, man, like that, that, I really do hope that, you know, Sony saw uh, plenty of, uh, plenty of a backlash in regards to backwards compatibility. They, 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 they've, they've seen what people said in response to that. And it's sort of on them for whenever they do this PSVR2 showcase or, or PSVR, a bigger PSVR2 state of play or something like that. It would be really, really nice to, for them to take a minute and just for all the people this affects are all the people who are disappointed in it for them to say, Hey, look, this game's getting remastered. This game's getting remastered. This game's getting remastered and blah, blah, blah. And for all the smaller developers, you know, we, we've helped them, uh, financially in order to, you know, or hire somebody who was able to do a PSVR two remaster, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and just say, you know, we're, we're going to do our absolute best to make sure that none of your PSVR games get PSVR one games get, uh, you know, lost to time. And then also talk about things like this. Just, I mean, literally two minutes uh, of their time to to just kind of make everyone feel better about this next gen transition. Um, so I don't, I don't think it would be really hard for them to do that. You know, no backwards compatibility is one thing. Making people feel better about knockback, no backwards compatibility, it's not terribly difficult, man. They just need to show that they care uh, in what they're doing uh, to kind of make people feel better. Yeah. We got Cerebral Frost Boopcat um, with the recent cost increase across the board for hardware. Do you think that Sony is considering a higher retail price than they were before? Also, would Sony still be able to uh, be successful with a headset that's north of four hundred dollars? I guess I, I guess it all depends on what we thought PSVR two was going to sell for initially, right? Why do you think they're make they're manufacturing two million? economies of scale that could also be an attempt of the only way we're going to be able to sell it at a certain price is if we build this many um because at the margins on that scale it does make a huge difference so i think they're very aware of yep. the optics of it um i mean i think it's going to be 399 in the uk which would be like 450 i think it's going to be under 500 but um i think it could be over 400 dollars I, the the big question we we could really use answers for is how much this eye eye tracking tech costs, right? Is uh, I, I was just talking to Cerebral Frost before the show, and he was and he was saying that uh, one of the reasons uh, that the Quest Pro or or whatever the naming conventions are fucking terrible, um, whatever one has eye tracking, the reason for one of the many reasons for the huge price hike is because of the eye tracking. Um, and so it's really interesting to kind of, you think of them as just like little cameras that are detecting where your eyes are at. 
But, you know, if it's this proprietary tech that, that's being licensed from Toby, um, it could be very expensive for this first generation of hardware that's using it. Um, so I guess it all really depends on that and what their agreement with Toby is. Because if their agreement with Toby is like, hey, we'll give you uh, this many dollars for each one sold, or hey, are we licensing this tech outright for this amount of money? It's a, it's a lot of there's a lot of questions there, um, but if, it, if that maybe is, they'll do maybe maybe they'll do a, an economical model like they did with the discless PS5. They'll go, you can have it with eye tracking or with everything removed. <laughs> it's just <okay>. a screen. <laughs> this headset's for people no without eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, we 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 didn't include lenses in this one. Yeah, it just has sound. Yeah, yeah. complete audible. <sighs> yeah, so. I don't know. There, there was once upon a time I, th- I thought, hey, this thing could be $300, right? Because because of the Quest, because of the Pico, because of these things that have onboard storage with the hard drive. Uh, they've got onboard processors, uh, everything. It's self-contained, right? It's it's standalone. Um, and so and when you think of all the stuff that's in the PlayStation 5 already that's handling this stuff, then, I mean, you could easily sell a PSVR 2 headset that's $300. But then this eye tracking question comes into play. And on top of that, how you know how expensive are these sense controllers, right? Because it's it's not we 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 always say it's like t- you know ripping apart a, a, a dual sense. It's not exactly that, right? I mean, there's a lot more going into it. There's the there's the tracking capabilities, the IR sensors. There's the uh, there's the fact that it's um that just because it's half the components <laughs> doesn't mean it costs half mm. the amount, right? You still have to create a a, a, a whole unit not just something that's been torn in half. Um, so those things could easily be like, what, 70 bucks a pop. So that's $140. Then you, then that's like saying, well, if it's, you're going to charge $300 because every single PSVR 2 comes with two sense controllers, that's saying $140 plus $160 headset. So suddenly it's, this thing could sound a lot more expensive. This could be upwards of $500 because of everything that's included with the eye tracking, with the two sense controllers. I mean, shit could be expensive, but... I don't know, man. This is. I'm looking through the chat because I'm, I'm very curious to see where everyone stands on this. I, I, th- I think it's one of the reasons why they haven't done pre-orders yet or done a showcase. I, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if they're just buying time because they just want to see what the the global markets are going to be. Um, so Professor Lewis says, "I always thought it was going to be five hundred dollars USD." Interesting. Flame Hat the Gamecast says, "Yeah, I'm counting on five hundred dollars US." Um, let's see. How much was the PS5 at launch in the US? Uh, the PS5 was either four or five hundred dollars, depending on if you got the disc or disc list. So it was four nine nine for the disc one. Yeah. Uh, more sirens, man! Again, lots of sirens. Um, Nick, the GameCat House says four hundred dollars would be uh, be impossible for them. Oh, four hundred dollars would be impossible for them. I think. Interesting. See, four hundred, I think, is the lowest we should expect. If it comes out at four hundred dollars, we go fantastic. This is about the lowest they could possibly charge for this thing. Um, but I, I'm fair, I do feel like five hundred dollars is absolutely not out of the question. They don't have the pressure that they did last, or we've talked about it before with the consoles. I remember we were speculating what the PS Five was going to cost. We're like, could be four fifty, five hundred, and then Xbox came in with these good offers, and Sony then announced theirs. There's none of that this time. Uh, so, yeah. I th- I th- yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, but um, Sony don't have that pressure from a direct competitor. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, th- I think that the um, 
Wait, when you have Pico and Meta basically fighting it out for dominance of the standalone space, there's not really any competition whatsoever for PSVR 2. No one else is doing AAA VR, even when you look at PC VR, right? PC VR, plenty of headsets over there. Uh, a lot of people are just using their Quest, plugging it straight into their PC. But, you know, is there a AAA gaming space on PC VR? I mean, not not with the same kind of regularity that uh, like a PlayStation 5 flat screen ecosystem or, or the Xbox Series X has, right? There's, we're seeing the AAA games are way fewer and further between. Um, and so if if Sony can change that and say, hey, this is, this is where you come to play for AAA games and, and say, you know, hybrid game after hybrid game after hybrid game after hybrid game, Half-Life Alex is on the way, uh, you know, holiday 2023, we got Village there at launch, we got Call of the Mountain there at launch. If they can kind of show us what the rest of the year looks like and, and say, we have all of these AAA games uh, and all these hybrid games coming your way, then we are the only place that has really uh, any any reliable uh, influx. That's what I'm looking for. Jeez, I've been struggling all night with words. Influx of AAA games, like, then there is no competition. They have zero competition in that space. So, old Dar says, Quest 2 killed AAA PC VR gaming. I don't totally disagree with you, man. But then on the other side, there is a sense of, like, the goal's wide open for Sony here. Yes, they could charge more, but actually, there's more of a reason to go for a, a cheap amount because you're like because then we can sell enough headsets that we are able still to you know w- this is like the biggest opportunity to dominate the market you, you know before xbox eventually you know invests in some kind of headset and things like that like sony knows that this is a big turning point for vr and do they want to be making lots of money from it or do they want to absolutely dominate the market with volume is this the headset they want everyone to have um, and they do, they, 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 they measure that, don't they? In terms of, well, if we sell a headset and they buy two games on that headset, then yeah, we're, we're quids in. Right. Um, let's see here. Quark's the game cat. We're going to, we're going to pitch a nice slow, slow and right over the plate here. Quark's. That's an easy answer. I'll tell you, please. <laughs> What's the first game you'll ever play on PSVR 2? I know, yeah, I remember you said that it's going to be Resident Evil Village. Um, honestly, it wouldn't be for me. Uh, I think it is going to be Horizon, and the only thing that would stop that from happening is if another game gets announced that would make me change my mind of it. I just feel like, I, I'm definitely, like, Village is definitely going to be one of the first games I play, but, but Horizon, because it's going to be a short game, and it's been built to showcase the PSVR 2. Uh, that's why I want to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think, I mean, the problem is, is right now, it's, it's a hard question to answer because we don't know what's going to be there at launch. Uh, I think yep. the best True. they've done is allude to the fact that Call of the Mountain and Village will be launch titles. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's been actually confirmed anywhere. Um, and then, and then everything else is just pure speculation. I, I think that's, what's going to be really exciting about, um, about the, about the next PSVR two event. I, I do think that's going to be their chance to say, and here are all the launch titles, 
Here's, here's every game that's going to be available at launch. Um, and then we go, holy shit, right? This is everything from day one. And then they can also say, and then January of next year, and then March of next year, and blah, blah, blah. And they can start lining it up for us and showing us what to expect and to get excited for further down the, lo- further down the road. Um, so, so right now, it's, it's funny when we talk about um, what launch games we're going to play first. It's, it's like, are you going to play Village first? Or are you going to play Call of the Mountain first? And even that's a little bit of speculation. Um, so... But of those two what games, other, what was the other game they were playing on the hands-on? Uh, it... uh, there was Saints and Sinners Chapter Two Retribution, so oh, that's on it. my end, which I would assume would be there at launch, right? Yeah. But but again, that that's that's a what, what's going to be exciting about that game is that most of us have only played it on PSVR one, right? We haven't seen even how great it looks on PC VR, um, you know, right? I, you can you can kind of speculate by looking at the trailers that were made with uh, PC VR footage, but until you actually get in the headset and see how much better it looks, uh, you know, by all accounts, it's marginally better, but not like light years better. Um, you know, to, we're going to get a nice improvement on that, but I, I really do think that um, I, I, I think I want to play Call of the Mountain first. And the reason for that is, is because I think it's so designed to be the first game you play in psvr2 that's it right because they want you to go wow look at how fucking beautiful this is and i kind of want to experience that first and foremost right just before because i think village is going to have a lot of interiors like a lot of stuff that's going on and and it's going to be really cool and eventually you can make it to outside spaces whatever but i think horizon from the get-go is just going to be like look at all this shit around you and look how like, look how detailed it is. And look how we made this just for VR. Like, look at that tall neck going over you. It's, I think it's going to be fucking yeah. epic. And I, and I want something of that caliber to be the first thing I experienced in PSVR too. So I think I have to go I'm with, with that. you completely. Yeah. But uh, some people in the chat have talked about no man's sky. No man's sky is a game that I've not played for a couple of years. And funnily enough, the update that's just come out this week. Um, they said a lot of the reworkings, cause I think it's like version four now. Um, they said they appreciate that a lot of players say how overwhelmed they are when they come back to the game and learning all the systems again. That's exactly why I don't come back after every update. I'd rather go through the struggle every five updates, <laughs> although it's, it's it's got it's got longer and longer. So the, they've streamlined a lot of the game to make it a lot easier now. But I've always said I love No Man's Sky in VR, but I want to experience that on next-gen headsets, and so I can't wait for that. Nice. All right, Miles. By the time we finish 20 questions, we're going to be wrapping up a two-hour show here. So uh, what do you say? You want to get to it? Yeah, I've chosen the game. I don't think that's how this one works. Is it you choosing the game? It's been so many weeks, so I'm totally lost on who's... What did you do on Wait, Wednesday? Uh, we, we just... You've got, to cho- you've got to choose the game. Yep. Okay. All right, I've chosen it. Okay. It's it's so funny. We we before the show, I was like, whose turn is it for 20 questions? And they told me and I still was like totally fucking lost. Um so I'm very very glad that you've got a game chosen because I of course was still picking one out as we were having this conversation. So uh, good. All right, well, let's do this thing. I need everybody in the chat to help me out. I've got 20 yes or no questions to figure out what PSVR game Miles is thinking of uh and only six minutes. That's actually the harder part, man. So seldom do we actually run uh, out of questions. We always run out of time first. So let's speed this shit up. No aging this, all right? I need, I need some so fast, expedient, expeditious, fucking what's the word? Answers. Okay, here we go. On your mark, get set, go. Uh, 
Does this have aim support? No. No. One. Okay. Oh, you would talk. <laughs> Is this based on uh, an existing IP, whether that be video games or outside of video games? No. No. See. Okay. Is this developer made other PSVR games? Um. Quick check. So we can eliminate the. We know this isn't a sequel because he would have known that. Um, it's not part of a series. He would have known that. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Three. Is this a horror game, Miles? N- no, it's not. Four. Well, tis the season. Way to go. Uh, is this a? Did we mention this game on today's show? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking good question. Yeah, no, that, I stole yeah. that from uh, from GameScoop, the same place I stole this game from. Really, that's yeah. a really good. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Fuck. Let's see. I mean, we talked about Star Tenders for about three hours. Turned it around, man. I was feeling really good about this. And now I'm not. <laughs> uh, do you? Do you? Uh, do you serve drinks on uh, in, in alien bars in this game? You could say that, you, but I wouldn't focus too much on that, Brian. No, no we don't want to like, lead you astray. I'd say yeah. it's, it's a part of a, a much bigger game. <laughs> Six. Was this game developed by Foggy Box? No. What? Wait. No. Wait. No. What are you doing? Oh no! It was. It was. It was. You're so annoying. Is is this Star Tenders? It is Star Tenders, Brian. I thought it was by Yogscast, uh, but yeah, I forgot that. that yeah, uh, Fo- Foggy Foggy Box Games uh, yeah. was was a part of that as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, one one of them developed. One of them published. I, I forget which one was which. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, Star That's Tenders right. available right now for fourteen ninety nine miles we said it was going to be quick yeah and so yeah it was real quick holy crap that was uh yeah have we mentioned this on today's show and clip of the week's even quicker (laughs) (laughs) so we're almost done let's get out of here man thank you guys so much for hanging out on this awesome friday we really appreciate everybody who uh decided to stay in and watch us rather than go out and you know be social and stuff we are a very privileged cast Miles, what's going on on your YouTube channel? Anything coming up that we should be? Uh, you, when when's the next Last of Us stream? Let's let's do some promotion. Here. Oh, I haven't said that, but what I will say is I had a big win uh, this week on my channel, and it's a personal thing for me. Yeah. Um, I mentioned like a while ago that for the last eight years, my YouTube channel is sixteen years old, which is scary to say, but like the last eight years, I've had this like legacy issue where. You know, the content I made wasn't the same as what I used to do. There's a lot of old accounts. And so whenever I made content, people unsubscribed. So like eight years ago, I hit 50, I was about to hit 50,000 subs. I'm at like 47 now. So anytime I made content, YouTube's going, yeah, you lost 100 subscribers this month. And so even though I'm saying to myself, stick at it, because the people that are subscribing, they're going to stick around and build that new audience. Internally, my mind is like, uh, and my heart is going, this is, this is really self-defeating. Um, but uh, 
my stats for September, it was the second consecutive month where I've got a net gain of subscribers, which means I'm now turning the tanker around and it's really, really exciting. Although it's only the 8th of October, I'm currently minus seven on subscribers. So if I could get eight game cats <laughs> who haven't subscribed already to subscribe, you can help me win this battle because, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's amazing and it, it really, is uh, an example of the importance of tenacity. Mm. And it hasn't been eight years of tenacity. It's stopping and starting. And I've only done my live show for about a year and a bit. Doing this on Fridays and the community here has been amazing. But I, I definitely feel a weight has been lifted. And I, I'm excited because what it means is I can start building again. Like I can start going in the right direction. And, you know, although I have been growing an audience when your net subscribers is going down every month, you feel shit about it. I'm just being real about it. So I just want to say for all the, especially a lot of game cats, Brian, um, AJ, Wes, all been so, so supportive. Um, it's, it's amazing. So I just want to say a huge thank you. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, right. Cause you, you had this thriving YouTube channel years ago, basically. And like, you know, coming back and doing different stuff and kind of being like a, a new miles Dyer, uh, and being, have, yeah. you know, having people be like, who haven't tuned in for years being like, Oh, right. I totally forgot. I was subscribed to this guy. Like they, if they get a notification or something, when you stream, you're like, Oh, I totally forgot. And it's like, I mean, and I understand to a certain degree, uh, because, uh, obviously when we did the switch to just cover PSVR, it was like, every, everybody's like, you're going to lose all your subscribers. And I was like, well, what are you going to do, man? Right. You know, you got you, you're going to lose your old subscribers and maybe gain some new subscribers and you just, it's, you got to do what's right for you and what you're passionate about, um, and chase that. And of course, every time we do Gamescast, I lose subscribers. It's like Gamescast is not good for the channel, right? I don't know if anybody knows that. Gamescast is terrible for the channel, Uh, but we do it because, you know, because it's such a great community thing to do. It's so so great to be able to interact with everybody one-on-one, basically being able to read everybody's comments as as we have these conversations. Uh, But it's absolutely terrible. YouTube hates live streams and, and, uh, and long videos. And this is, this is both of those things. Uh, what they love is like five to 15 minute videos. I uh, like short edited things, you know, not, not live streams. Uh, and that, and that's what helps build, um, your YouTube channel. So anybody out there who thinks I'm, you know, we're doing games cast for anything other than just awesome community building, uh, is out of well, their Well, I, I was about to say the counter for that is different content serves different purposes. Right. And the people that come to these are those that are already subscribed people aren't going to stumble across games cut and they might do and go oh i'm going to subscribe it they'll they'll pro- they'll do it more so from videos but as you say it's community building the people that turn up here are those that want to spend time together and that's how you deepen relationships yeah. and the relationships i've developed over the past year and a bit with the people that come to my live shows is amazing because when i started it just over a year ago i had like two or three people watch and it was fine because i was like i'm doing it for me i'm doing it because i enjoy it now it can be anything between 30 and 40 people. And it's, it's, it's something that I tell people all the time as a digital strategist, but when it's your own project and your emotions and your heart is involved, it's personal and it can be really, really difficult. So, um, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, once again, a huge thank you. And, um, Brian has uh, been incredibly supportive and letting me get involved with this show and stuff has just helped reinvigorate what is honestly, and this is not hyperbole. It's like a new chapter in my life as a, content creator and um i feel reinvigorated for it and uh, i'm immensely grateful so yeah. yeah uh miles dropped the link to his youtube channel in the chat so in case you don't know where youtube.com slash miles is, is well. thank you and nick did as well um i will say not <laughs> just 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 to let you know what i've been thinking about for the last five minutes um i've been playing your peep sec uh 
video yes. here just because it's other Miles Dyer content. And so so very frequently I've been looking at you in the PeepSec video talking while you're talking over here. And it just right. looks like somebody did this horrible voiceover work where it's like this Godzilla type thing. I'm wearing a hoodie. Where you're talking <laughs> you're talking, but the lips just aren't matching up at all, but it is definitely you. Um so I've been kind of getting a giggle out of that for the last couple of minutes. Well, if people want an extra curricular bit of uh, trivia, so the CyberSafe, the cybersecurity company I, I work for, I actually do a weekly show for them called CyberSafe Weekly, which is about cybersecurity, which you might think, really? Like, is, is, how, how am I going to find that interesting? But like, I got to cover the Grand Theft Auto League a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it, it does very well on LinkedIn because that's where the main community is, but it is on their YouTube channel as well. It gets like 10, 20 views. So if anyone is curious, um, I'll put that link in there. Uh, there was one that actually went up today. And you know what, Brian? There's a jump scare in this video. And I did it. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible jump scare. It's <laughs> a complete joke. And one of the professors that works in our company put in the comments, and I respect him for being honest about it. He said, I've got to say, Miles, that actually did scare me. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's youtube.com forward slash CybeSafe, and it's called CybeSafe Weekly, and I do that every every week as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Miles, for spending the last two hours here hanging out with me and the cats, of Love course. It. Uh, thank you. Always to- a joy everybody who supports the channel each in their own way we got people like jay meow who gets this thing up on podcast services of your choice we got sci-fi game cat henry uh who puts timestamps. man i feel bad for him lately <laughs> he's just he's just been getting longer and longer but he's still coming through with the timestamps each and every time i uh, appreciate you so much um also uh, all the moderators who make my life so much better each and every day not just here but over on discord as well uh we uh really appreciate you guys um join us on discord where this conversation happens 24 7 uh thank you to all of our patreon supporters i'm sorry for any new patreon supporters who are not on that list down there i've just been not doing things this week like i should be uh, my apologies um patreon supporters everyone who supported this uh, on this episode by by tipping and of course everybody who sat back and watched the show and didn't say a goddamn word we know you're out there and we love you just as much let's get out of here miles have a great weekend everybody love you all you're amazing Oh Miles. Oh Miles. I have a feeling Ryan, we're not, just... I have a feeling we're not getting out of here without a clip of the week. Yeah. Uh it's super 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 short. So guys, don't blink or you will miss it. <laughs> All right, let's check this out. <laughs> oh man, this is really awkward to control. Yeah, you might want to hold it properly. Dude, that was the fastest clip of the week ever. Why oh, has it already happened? It's oh, ar- well. it's already over. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Johnny. He was my uh, VR buddy that I, I game with, and him and I both like got involved with watching PSVR without Pro at the same time and stuff. So um, I had some conversations with him lately. Are you going to get PSVR too? And it's interesting when you actually speak to people that are like, I mean, he's a part of this community, but not people that are on every single show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be saving for it. Like there is this excitement, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right, dude, let's get out of here. Let's have a good good weekend, everybody. Yeah.